0: You're listening to The 11th Hour, a podcast about rancid. I am Sam Melanchon of Debacle
1: Records. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. Uh,
0: each week, one of us picks a rancid song or a rancid adjacent song. And we talk about all our complicated feelings. This week, we're going rancid adjacent. And I, uh, it was my pick, and we picked. Uh, I picked uh, television by Bad Religion off of the 1994 Stranger Than Fiction, which uh, contains an appearance by Tim Armstrong. 1994 is stranger than fiction. Um, there's a lot wrapped up in this album. This was the there's there's very little things in this world from the cover to the sounds on this album that make me think of early 90s, but not like 1991. You know, like kind of mid early 90s. than this yeah. album, you know, it, it is the height of offspring has happened. It has sold more money than anything besides <laughs> Nirvana. Uh, epitaph is making more money than god you know and and everybody's looking for the next thing california punks on everybody's radar bad religion which is interesting is you know being you know members of bad religion better girls especially run epitaph epitaph it's big now becoming slowly quickly the uh biggest indie in the world but uh, but bad religion signs to what what is this like capital or something atlantic I think. atlantic yes of course yeah and so uh this record is a mainstream you know push into trying to present in a funny way probably the only california punk band i can think of that would work like this p- represent kind of skate punk surf punk as all truck you know what i mean like it, it, mm-hmm. it's it's as gray kind of darker more political more social political uh band and cover and tone to a record and really trying to to spread itself across both of those things it has the sounds of that sort of harmonic proggy version of skate punk that bad religion always had and then it's got the tone you know the kind of the lyrical tone of a lot of grunge of the time and so it seems cynical in a way but it's also what bad religion was so it kind of makes sense it's also very strange like and i don't fully remember i've watched a lot of stuff about this era i think you know this is the last brett gerwitz as a touring member of bad religion he comes back and is just a guitarist on records but didn't he actually like leave the band he did sort of for for a while But I don't think it's over like signing to the record. I think he was fine with that. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't like, but it is weird because, you know, yeah. we are a couple years of, or in the same time period, really, really, really trying to keep rancid on Epitaph.
1: Right. I mean, this was 94. So this is right during Wolves. that. It was what, 95? Yeah.
0: So like we're in the so midst of was, that being yeah. recorded and all the, we can go into that stuff, I think, on this episode too. But like, so the, you know, the the major labels coming into this space, this represents kind of one of the bigger shots of that, you know, for sure. You know, like, you didn't get Offspring, you didn't get whoever, well, at least we can get Bad Religion. It's such an interesting thing, because it's like, yeah, Bad Religion probably is a little bit more palatable than a lot of things, and a little bit more grungy than a lot of things, but also Bad Religion runs the the label that it's like fighting back against. It's such a a weird uh, situation, and I don't really... I've never gotten a great answer on, like, how did that land, like, with Brett and with just the scene in general? I, I, I would assume there was a lot of yelling of sell out and bullshit, but, like... Oh, right. Because, yeah. man, the 90s were really into
1: making artists hate themselves for making a little bit more money. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, it was... It, well, it's, like, it's the exact same thing that played out in, you know, the Pacific Northwest five years earlier three years four year, well, not even that much not even that earlier, much yeah right? exactly three so, two three years earlier but it's the same It's the story as old as time
0: and it's just yeah, so man. I mean it's yeah. this idea of selling out because you took money from a corporation is like yeah I get I fully get it but like this is this is it there this is this is the last time anybody's getting these deals the ones that are scarier are the ones where it's kind of one in wonders near the mid end of this period that are getting those sort of mortgage deals where actually you owe us money, you know, those those trap deals. You know, I think about that that very famous document that um, Steve Albini wrote about, Uh, you know, watching these little bands, the more periphery bands getting trapped in these, like, well, you owe us money until you sell a certain number of these. Oh, you're so happy to be on a record label. Once all this stuff started going south, a lot of these deals started becoming a lot more selling your soul to (laughs) uh right to finance a record and then you get to say you're on a major label and it's like that is more just like you should feel bad for a band from a predatory perspective not you should be mad at them for being look at these millionaires you know like right so even then it doesn't make sense you should be (laughs) mad at the label not mad at the band you know what i mean like
1: yeah and i mean i think one of the other things that i always remember hearing a lot is like people would think like oh well now they're on a major label they're they're gonna like change their sound or whatever the big corporation wants them to and it, but like something like this it's like it sounds like a fucking bad it sounds religion. exactly like bad religion like i mean and that happened you know and i'm i can't think of examples the them i'm certain there are examples
0: but there's many where it's
1: yeah but even then it's like well whatever
0: there's also like, like i don't know i never how many times. Much have you heard that narrative and then you actually go watch somebody talk about it and they're like, go listen to the demos, man. We wanted to sound that way. We were trying yeah. to sound that way. We were sounding more underground to make the underground happy. And we were actually wanted to be a pop band. And like, I'm sorry that right. that bums you out, but it's like, let's be honest about where I wanted to be. I had ambitions. I signed on the dotted line because I was a, an ambitious guy who wanted to be a rock star, you know, like, right. Like, he let people kind of do what they want you know and but on that note it is worth noting that of course andy wallace was a big part of the production of this record and of course that's andy wallace of um you know Nevermind and uh, many other huge records of of this era so they were just pushing this right through the grunge machine you know they were just going yep. um i put bob ludwig or i didn't delete bob ludwig from last week i don't actually think it was pre- uh, mastered by bob ludwig but um Uh, Andy Wallace and all that, I think it was probably mastered by 17 people. I I think it got sweetened up, you know, (laughs) exactly, by a whole group of people. Andy Wallace did the mixing, probably more the mixing than the actual recording. They probably recorded it. He mixed it. That was kind of what he was doing. He was kind of uh, really good at taking grungy, punky stuff and mixing it in a way that it really came through, especially on radio at the time. That's what made nirvana yep. sounds so big and all those things you know um and uh uh and kind of arena friendly and you know it does sound big it sounds better you know sometimes i go one or two steps back in their catalog and i kind of miss how big and the thing is bad religion is for sure like this pennywise-esque skate punk band but like a lot of bad religion kind of is wants to be prog rock, you know, kind of wants to be yes or something, you know, like, like Greg Gavin <laughs> likes right big reverby, you know, rush sort of stuff. And like, I think it kind of suits them to be honest. I think, um, all the big singles on this record, I mean, we still haven't even hit the song or why we're talking about it, but, uh, it all, it all kind of made sense like to me this is not some big tragedy that it came out this is one of my favorite bad religions albums i i kind of have a relationship personally with, i know you have a different one but my relationship with bad religion is there's about four or five that i know i maybe less even but three to four records i know are like real bangers that i'm like yeah when i want to listen to a bad religion type song i can put any one of these on and these are when they are kind of firing on all cylinders they sound like bad religion and i good job you know they basically is my answer like yep sound like bad religion you're doing the bad religion thing good job uh i like it sounding big and i like it sounding you know i want to really hear his vocals because it's what separates them from everything else you know and uh yeah so i like the singles on this you know infected and like all stranger than fiction those are like fun 90s kind of pop punk songs they're certainly better than Pennywise and they're certainly better than a lot yeah. of those bands that were trying to kind of in their wake and uh, uh, they're kind of the furthest I go besides you know kind of an earlier stint with no effects um, in this style but like they're the ones kind of since doing this record or this uh, podcast they're the ones I can kind of I you know checked in on a lot of these bands and this is one the ones I'm like yeah better living fine. I was remind me. I I think you were basically like ska punk, skate punk. You just can't hang.
1: I mean, it was just like they were always one of those bands that I felt like I I was like, oh, I should like this, but I just didn't. Yeah, it never. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was always my sort of punk rock leanings always trended more towards like the Pacific Northwest, like Olympia Mm -hmm. stuff and like the Lookout stuff. Um, less so like Epitaph was never like Rancid was the, like the crop the one crossover for me, you know? And, and I mean, and that, well, we've got a whole podcast about that, but, um, (laughs) that, that started because of Op Ivy. Like that was why I was like, oh, I gotta, you know, listen to Rancid or check that whatever. But like, um, cause I never, you know, like. We talked about like no effects was never. I never was into no effects, never got into like Pennywise, um, any of that. Like, I don't know. I, a lot of the stuff, it's like I look at, I'm just like, like, I'm looking at like what was on there in the night, like the offspring. I did not give no. a single fuck about the offspring. Um, and I mean, there was, you know, like yeah like I, it was really more I, I was really way more into like the lookout stuff like i was really into screeching weasel and i was really into the queers and um which like I, I, don't, I can't really listen to that stuff anymore it doesn't for plenty of reasons but like um yeah so i don't know it was and then but like the the kill rocks like kill rock stars and that like that was the most formative stuff for me. Like, yeah. you know, we, we're doing a podcast about Rancid, but really, like, for me, it's like, I really want to talk about the stuff that absolutely was so formative for me, it was the, like, Bikini Kills and the, like, and, well, and k Records too, like, the more indie pop stuff. So I was, I guess, yeah, I was into, like, the less, like, I never had a hard, I was never into hardcore. I was never, I was never big metal. I've never been a big metal guy. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, like, I'm a big wimp.
0: (laughs) There's there's also, like, sort of almost like a, which kind of brings something about the song, like, there's a truth to, like, just, like, the way these different punk bands use the sound field. Like, look when you say mm -hmm. Lookout and K and and Kill Rockstars, like, there's a sound separation, right? Like, you Mm -hmm. hear all the, like, it has this, like, production is just press record and you hear all the instruments and they're all strummed and kind of jangly and 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 there's a there's air in there you know what i mean and yeah. um a lot of the stuff that you don't like hardcore and and metal and you never really you know found a lot of that stuff when you're younger like and i would absolutely say the the surf punk stuff like the bad religions of the world they fill space. Like, there's no sound that isn't like it's, it's, and it's not even just like, it is, uh, like flattened and compressed into like, we're gonna fill every thing And there's multiple guitars playing rhythm and, and, you know, like they're, they're almost in a black metal way. Like, they're, they're, they're droning and, and creating like these lines, these like melodic lines that just, fill the audio space completely and so you you think about like screeching weasel or whatever and i can hear individual strings being hit and i i mean yeah it's wildly different on a on a bad religion song and to to your point like rancid is the most lookouty right epitaph band i can think of besides like maybe like dwarves and some of those other like kind of garagey bands right like and like or oscar but even the oscar is like that but like um when you tell me tim is on a bad religion song i go how would tim ever fit into the you know greg gaffin has a song singing that also fills space and is these long held notes and this very proggy Mm -hmm. sort of like he fits in that like me of this Bad religion songs (laughs) like bad religion songs hold in chords for very long Tim doesn't do that. Tim doesn't have a projection. You know, Greg Gaffin could sing solo opera almost. You know what I mean? Like, like he 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 has this huge projecting voice and and can really hold these big. You know, sit on these chords. And you're like, how in the world is Tim gonna sit in a, in the sound field of of a, of a uh, Bad Religion song? Like, even when I say, hey, we're gonna listen to a Bad Religion song with Tim on it. Yeah, and so to come
1: back to the song well they they kind of made a rancid song <laughs> right but, no i mean yeah absolutely that's one of the, that, the first thing because i when you picked this i was like i can't hear it I, you know I've, I've probably heard it once or twice in my life yeah. again i just not and i went and listened and i was like yeah this doesn't sound a lot like mad religion <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it, it's staccato i mean like immediately the first thing you do right. instead of having Greg Gra- graffin doing like you know like that he normally does you have him going, them all going. Television, television, television. That's radio. I mean, yeah, that's that's right. a, that has to be a direct reference to radio, right?
1: Like, Which, right? Which you know, it's interesting that, like, yeah. I mean, it's, this whole thing sounds very, very rancid esque. Like, it's interesting that Tim doesn't have a songwriting credit on it. To me, like, because it sounds uh, yeah, so,
0: like you're right. He's just he, yeah. He's just he's on just the verse.
1: Yeah, and so it's. I think you can kind of hear you can hear him on the course too, right, or, or on the television part, right? Can't you, I think you can hear. I him. mean, I'd be
0: so surprised if he wasn't on there, but
1: but but yeah, like he, it's so that's that I thought that was interesting, um and because it's like oh, like but then I don't know, then you think about how close to Rancid and, and even their songwriting process at times brett is it's like okay well yeah of course he could write yeah a fucking and, Rancid
0: song. and and also just this being a pure brett song like brett didn't yeah. write a lot of bad i mean he wrote some bad religion songs but like it's i i think that's a kind of a interesting committee band because you know like some songs are greg but like he's just the vocalist like he's not playing guitar or anything you know like so it's like i remember like a lot of their songs are also maybe the drummer writes some of it like it's it's kind of an interesting band i mean you know? all
1: the songwriting credits on this album are either brett or um greg gaffin interesting see that's so like, interesting like he's a literally it's set for on this one who which yes we, we got can talk to, about that like, yeah the Jeanette napo now
0: napolitano
1: right napolitano yes i <laughs> had to look it up myself
0: because i was like i'm gonna um, mess that
1: up <laughs> so like where does that come from well for who okay so people don't know she was in the in concrete blonde and like i yeah who have one of like the greatest songs ever written okay so
0: what is the greatest is that joey joey okay
1: oh my god it's fucking amazing
0: okay oh i fully was like okay i need to figure this out because i'm confused as to who concrete blonde is because i am a little bit younger than you right you know what i mean like yeah That's just a name that I know, and this person I know because of existing in the world. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go listen to their songs. And I was like, I'm supposed to know this song? It seems like a nice song. seems like a very classic L.A., like, late whatever song. Like, you know, kind of like 1990. It sounds perfectly 1990, kind of that, like, post-X, post you know pre-grunge or you know but la you know what i mean that that kind of like it's not really country it's not really rock it's not really you know like it feels exactly right to me but i'm like it also completely passed me by and the funniest thing
1: i I mean to be fair is like i was never a big fan of this like i was
0: but like that song meant something to you You knew that song Mm -hmm. yeah uh the other funniest thing and you're gonna laugh super hard at this this is i'll tell you I'm pretty sure when you were like, oh, that person recorded the song, I was like, oh, she must be that famous person that writes songs for people. And I realized I've never fully separated out concrete blonde and four non-blondes oh the linda perry linda perry who does write songs for <laughs> right, everybody she's else she like, yeah, constantly she's... writes songs for everybody so in my head i was like those are wildly I mean, different i'm yeah. pretty sure they're pretty different but like 90s things that were right before now, when i care
1: with 90s peop- kind of alternative rock women, they were in the same they probably toured together or something yeah oh here we go okay so here we go i mean this i'm reading the wikipedia page in june 1994 four non-blondes guitarist roger Rocha was replaced by concrete blonde member jim (laughs) mankey
0: he seemed to be in everything like he was like an la like standard it felt like but like yeah exactly okay that makes me feel better because i was like i think they're pretty different but like i've never fully and and just the fact that it was like somebody from a blondes band right songwriting credits i was like well it must be that woman i know her she's like on pop you know she's written a bunch of famous pop songs you know like like and and i like finally you know it's like one of those things where it's like a black hole for you in your like music listening you know and you you're like okay i'm gonna finally think about this and it's like oh I've really missed. I hold on, <laughs> and like she's like she rarely, very rarely actually writes songs, writing credits with people. It's just she knew Brett from like way, way back. She was like the, um, she was like working the door at the mastering place for, at the first Brad Religion record. Like, like she's just like L. A. Oh man, okay. L. A. Yeah, like been, you know, like you been, know, been, been around, around music industry forever, knew each other forever wanted to write some stuff together it isn't like she's some songwriter you know that that just like you know pay me and i'll help you write your songs they're just friends and (laughs) but like i had this moment of just like hold on this isn't that woman and i was like oh you know i know her name i know perry i you know like but it was like you know like and i just felt so dumb and i was telling Wendy, and she's like yeah that's not that's not that's not the same i was
1: like okay (laughs) apparently she also did uh background back backing vocals on struck a nerve from recipe for hate
0: yeah so, like yeah she seems to be amazing. like kind of like you know like i said like yeah. around each other you know yeah, a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so uh it's just seems so random to me that they wrote like this song to, like the whole and then thing is, tim's on it too and then tim's on it yeah like it doesn't have a songwriting
0: <laughs> credit but like it does sound like well that's a good like, question does it sound like his lyrics
1: Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. Uh, when like he says, so we never
0: gotta be alone. That sounds really Tim to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sounds very Tim to me. I can't, it's, it's weird for me to think like he saying the and verses And him saying, on I take after my mother, but
0: she's them. from a different generation. I prefer my big brother. He's so gentle and understanding that that's, is exactly his yeah. life i know that yeah, yeah like i know he's, a, he's super and his big brother and his mom's a little bit more separate from him so
1: let's see if i can find like more like more in-depth credits than what i'm than just what
0: at. stupid wikipedia table we're looking yeah at. because
1: yeah i mean like there might yeah, be simplification music, maybe discogs let's look at discogs please. anyways like, is, again they, what people love here let's, exactly they love, let's let's
0: let's read the internet to the to our podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's fine I, I'm, yeah. I'm into it uh anyway so this song we haven't really come back around to the song there's a lot to unpack here but <laughs> not not linda perry's on right to the song with with them not Linda, yeah uh gurowitz last album like there's just so much to unpack but the song itself is kind of interesting because again it comes off i mean it television 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 you wonder if they wrote that and then they're like oh that's funny this is kind of like radio 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 should we get tim on this let's call tim <laughs> and like that he's obviously also on like i'm really trying to be buddies with tim right now you know like there's this sort of
1: right i'm trying to try, keep him on my you know and maybe not as
0: like bald faced as that as much as sure. like i'm just really closing ranks with my people right now you know like we're all you sure. know we're all experiencing this this moment together and like you know he's gonna leave the band after this you know like last chance to kind of shoehorn his buddy Tim onto this record, you know, like, uh, I don't know what it is, but like, it's interesting. It's like, why did Tim end up on this bad religion record? Like, it seems like Tim is on his mind right now. Um, The television radio thing is really a crossover, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It slides into like when Greg is singing, it feels like a kind of like a bad religion song. And then when Tim sings, it kind of slides back out to being a little bit more of like a let's go-y, rancid song. And then when the chorus is going, it's like very much a rancid song. And it's like very like Mm -hmm. this staccato kind of it's faster and more loose and more punky kind of pogo punk, you know, than than I ever think about religion. And it's so funny, like if two seconds into the song, if you're like, pick which song you know if i if i played you the first 10 seconds of all the songs on this album and said pick which one has tim on it you'd immediately know that song that's the one yeah because it sounds like a rancid song you know and it's it's um but because of all this extra stuff layers of like uh he wrote it with jeanette and like all this other stuff you're like what came first was it supposed to be for Tim did they notice it would fit Tim really well like what, what has the concrete blonde element this kind of right it doesn't to me I don't know much about concrete blonde but I was listening to the bloodletting album a little bit it's like how does that fit in what is what I don't know her songwriting enough to know like is there an element of this that feels like her you know like um you know if there's somebody out there that's like oh I'm a big fan of her this one really there's parts of this that really feel like her thing, you know, like that'd be interesting to me, but like, it's a weird, it's a real weird one To It's it's such an oddity and I don't hate it. Like, it's not the best song in this album in a lot of ways. It's kind of this like, yeah, I could do without Bad Religion making a Rancid song. I do like having Tim pop up on stuff, (laughs) but like, yeah, it's one that's like kind of like if we're going to do the sort of history of Rancid, I think this one fits in because we t- we spent a lot of time time talking about Brett it's yeah. you know, and we talked spent a lot of time talking about like this era of like what it must be like to have the whole world crashing into your front door, saying, "Please let us give us give you money, you know, <laughs> and we're going to make you <laughs> right. Nirvana, you know."
1: Yeah, I think what yeah, I oh I agree with all that. I think one of the other interesting things, and, you know, we've done a couple. I guess we we only did one other song that had like Tim as a guest spot. But I don't know, to me, the thing, another thing that's interesting, and I think about this, it's like whenever Tim shows up anywhere, uh, like, I don't, there's a lot of things where people do a guest spot and it's kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, it sound, they just kind of fit into the sort of framework that already exists for whatever the band is, mm-hmm. the project is. But I feel like Tim is, There's so, he's so, like, it, I don't want to say like it becomes about him. Like I mean, I, because I don't, I'm, I don't want to project this like ego thing on him. I mean, I, he obviously is, has a big ego. Like it's not a yeah. not it's a bad thing. But like, I feel like he is such a unique sort of figure with within, you know, uh, it, it it has to become I think, more about him. Than I think that's it a very
0: charitable way of saying like. Dude can only sing in one or two ways And if you don't make their wow. song You know, <laughs> fit his singing yeah, style He's not going to be mean... able to match it You know what I mean? Like yeah! The world side is
1: buzzing like get while some summer The candidates are running And the son of God is coming rock the red- yeah i mean i guess that's really what it is it's kind of fun but it's it's funny like it's like you have to understand if you know if you want tim armstrong to be on your song like you gotta bend it to fit his um skill set
0: yeah i mean it's just true and you know like it also kind of shows like i don't think i don't know maybe i'm giving him too much credit but like it does seem like the, the friendship with brett and like the fact that you know there was a lot of bands you know offspring made brett a lot more money than right rancid not i mean they both made him a lot of money but not yet right not at this point right and like uh it isn't like what's his name dexter or whatever is all over all brett's stuff you know yeah like they, no that's true. like yeah. i think the ambition that brett saw you know and the ambition he saw in tim matched Brett's, you know, he seems like a pretty ambitious guy. Like he wants to be the yeah. biggest label in the world, and and Brett also struggles with tons of um, substance abuse problems and and stuff. You know what I mean? And I think around mm-hmm. this time was really struggling with it. And um, because you can't have grunge uh, come crashing on your door without having without everybody heroin. getting heroin. You know, and and fucking the nineties, man, and and uh, you know, it's just. Uh, I do think there is just some like he finds Tim appealing, but he finds him. He's like one of the few people I'd be like. I don't think he finds Tim appealing in that way where he wants to just. He doesn't get hoodwinked, you know what I mean? The idea that Brett Growitz is getting like you know pied pipered by Tim, uh, that wouldn't. That doesn't sound right to me. It sounds no. like more like Tim yeah. follows Brett than more than Brett follows Tim. You know what I mean? So it's like there's something real there. Like like I think this is somewhat of an evidence of like hey, bad religion, folks, we're going to write a song with Tim. I'm, I'd am i even be wondering if, like, some people were like, well, Tim doesn't really fit, you know, like, what? I yeah. know you like Tim, but, like, and yeah. he's not even that big of a guy yet. Like, we don't usually have guest vocals, you know what I mean? Like, there's one on this record, you know? It's going to be him, you know? like, um, Or how mercenary was it? Was he's like, hey, Tim's about to be really, really famous. This is our right like how was this like hey we're on a major i want something out of this epitaph's about to put out the next you know just put out a ransom that record about to put out the next ransom record i want to use this as a place to get tim famous like how you know not a bad idea either you know like it's like what what's the mixture how much of it is mercenary how much it is best buds how much is it is oh i just thought he'd fit how much it is hey i wrote a song with television and i thought it was really funny to put the guy that wrote radio on it you know what i mean like you know like
1: right it's, yeah. it's
0: funny what like, when you go back i'm sure 70 percent of these things we dig deep into were just serendipity and like they thought something was funny you know what i mean like
1: yeah they were just like hanging out one day and like oh we're going to song I'm Like, oh yeah, come yeah. Down. Uh, yeah I mean, exactly that's i feel like that's like what happens so much and i mean and i and i I love that kind of shit The like random yeah people showing up on random records and random collaborations and, oh yeah you know i mean that was that, that was like one of my favorite things to put on digital on digitalis was like oh these two people who i really like collaborated on a thing and then it's like oh, oh man, yeah totally everybody just everybody just wants the thing they do they don't want the collaboration but whatever i think it's like to me that's always super interesting um but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's fun. I, I don't think I'll ever listen to this again. But it's like, I yeah. To be
0: clear, like, I like this Bad Religion album. I don't like this Bad Religion album because of Television. Sure, right. You know what I mean. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's oh, and like I, I guess what it's worth saying, like we haven't have we ever really explained the like ha- the epitaph, like Brett keeping the like. I saw somebody talk about the ranted iceberg. You know, the this this millennial or not millennial, the zoomer trend of like you, the way you explain fandoms is with this iceberg of like how how deep do you go, like how obscure your knowledge is. Um, oh, man. have you ever seen these? It's just like no, but I'm
1: looking at it now. I'm looking at the formulaic way
0: of explaining fandom. It's 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 <laughs> kind of a like how canon and fandom is an abyss. I was this surprised by how much I know.
1: But I'm um, kind of shocked at how, like, looking at this. I'm it's like,
0: actually like, oh, this is nothing.
1: But, um, of course, the, I, the fact that the bottom thing is Lars burned his ball sack in France is, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't, I feel I, like I've heard that story actually. Yeah. But, anyway. uh, uh,
0: the one <sighs> of them, of course, is kind of the classic part of the, you know, the the rancid story, the two things of them getting signed which we we've kind of talked about disordered disarray being a big thing uh, pre walls is that almost coming together there was this massive bidding war be- to get the next offspring next nirvana and um uh massive bidding war trying to get on a major uh madonna of course send some pictures from her book and trying to get her them to sign with her on um what's that label called what's her label called uh was gone. Uh, It's just an imprint yeah. anyways um brett was like hey i really want you to stay very famously again like when you're 15 this sounds like that's such a cool thing but it sounds like yeah who cares uh brett got a rancid tattoo around this time i was like i don't care if you sign it not, i just like you guys and i'm gonna get a tattoo right. and that really like meant something to young 20 you know 20 something lars and you know like Brett got a tattoo of us and, you know, we're going to stay with Brett, you know, like the simplicity of stay with your bros above all else. They end up on Warner basically anyways, uh, in, uh, for indestructible yada yada. Uh, I think of this era, this album and this, this, this song is sort of like, you know, you got to remember this is peak right in the middle of that, you know, like this is, you wonder how much this is part of it, you know, like now Tim's getting you know, major label residuals on a major label, you know, thing, you know, like he's kind of showing them, you know, we're going through this with bad religion. Maybe you don't want to go through this, you know, like with, with Rancid, you could stay with, you know, uh, Epitaph. They of course do, it becomes like, I think the second biggest seller on Epitaph after mm-hmm. the offspring record. And it's kind of, that's the story of Rancid. And like, it's an interesting story. It's kind of a nice story of like Brett and them being, joined at the hip, maybe in a tiring way now. Um, all these years <laughs> later, they've sort of never, they've only had one record apart since then, which was one of the better ones, to be honest. Um, and they were never fully apart on that record even. Yeah. Uh, and and that's great. And it's a story of friendship and sticking with your, you know, your independent things. They did end up being distributed by Warner, but it has become such a trap it, for a while, especially, you know, it was such a trap because they made it be a part of their story of like, mm-hmm. no, we're, we're like fiercely independent and all these things that when they did get distribution because they just needed help, like Epitaph was worried about f- making fulfillments on Indestructible. They were like, oh, let's do some distro deals and like try out a partial distro deal with 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 Warner in, two, in the early 2000s they got, you know, raked over coals for something that was just like a business deal, like that most people don't, all sorts of people were doing that, but they got the notice around it because now you got a Warner logo on a Rancid record and Rancid had built into their identity, this lack Mm -hmm. of that, right? And I think the danger of creating a, like a personal story over a one-time business decision, that's a personal thing about Oh, we want to stick with Brett. That's all great, but like turning that into like your mythology is so dangerous. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah. So, um, I don't really have anything to add to that. I don't think you gotta <laughs> <laughs> Anyways,
0: uh. so lots to uncover there I still not still would love to know like more deeper stories about how the heck this song came together because there's like some curveballs
1: to it i want the oral history of this song um man i want to do an episode on this iceberg i found like multiple ones but the one i'm looking at now i'm like god this is fucking wild
0: need to do like when we get a patreon we should do a Patreon thing where we like we test each other like how many do you know
1: yeah i mean there's I am surprised again at how many I know. Although when you get to the bottom one on this one, I'm like, mm, yeah, it's getting a little outside of my, uh, it means anyway.
0: it's, it's, uh, we got to revoke our card. We no, Yeah.
1: Man. Yeah. I guess so. I guess we, so we're going to hand over the keys to the podcast. To that, I, you know what? About.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with it, Fandom is such a piece of, you know, <laughs> I know,
1: I know, I know. Um, fuck fandom. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, it's the fucking worst. Uh, um, we say as we close our rant, as our we close 40s, our rants. <laughs>
0: God. All right, so
1: that's Badger. a little detour yeah.
0: out of the the discography.
1: Where are we going next? Um. All right. So I had a couple ideas for a pick, and I I wanted. I came down to two. I wanted to get something a little. Well, I don't know. There, and I'm now i'm kind of like hedge i'm like oh maybe i should pick the other one no fuck it let's just um there's like one fun fun thing to talk about in the song i want to pick um i mean it's there's more i'm sure but we're we're, next week we're going to talk about maxwell murder
0: oh okay
1: (laughs) yeah so and uh, yeah, I have. I, I I may have told. I don't remember if I've told the story, but I have a great story of like first here the first time. Oh I yeah, yeah. It. I don't know if you told I, you I, it I on I've, the pod. I've told you the story, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's... a yeah. um, Good one. It's, it's yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna fucking gonna be a lot of a lot of love for Matt next week. I think. Yep. Um. All right. Cool. Well, in the meantime, as ever, y'all can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Rancid Pod, and. If anybody knows more of the story behind television, say something. but I don't think it's out there. I Googled it and couldn't find shit. Um, but, hey, Brett Gerwitz, if you're listening. Let- <laughs> please don't listen. <laughs> yeah, please. God. Um, I, yeah, please, please don't listen. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, at Pod, Twitter and Instagram. And next week we will see you in
0: I always get so confused at the beginning of this, even though I've done we've done it 45 times or <laughs> well, 40, 40 yeah. times, I guess that was a, that was supposed to be a hyperbolic number. <laughs> but it's number, the, the
1: actual the, number. basically. <laughs>